the title of the message is The Power of His Name. The Name Revealed. The Power of His Name. Power of His Name. Uh, generally, when, when, when I'm taking sessions, God will just give it at the... He just downloaded it at first shot, you know. <laughs> if you're you know, prepared for any session, it just comes in like a download, and then you, then you have to spend hours together just collecting the material. But it just comes as a download, and this message just came like a download. Uh, so I know God has a purpose behind this message, and it's a powerful word. The power of His name. Uh, we as Christians growing up, we know the name of God has power, and we know stuff. I think uh, this evening time it's good to go back and look at it totally afresh the power of his name the power of his name really come uh, if you really condense it all our Christian life is all about using that name it really comes down to that it's really nothing more when you talk about grace and you talk about grace and it's all about the use of that name it's nothing more. It's not our righteousness. It's not our works. It's not anything. It's the use of that name. And we had a wonderful session uh, once before we did about the uh, Jesus, your, your Sabbath. And, uh, and if you don't have that message, I still encourage you all to pick up that message. It's a powerful message about Jesus being your Sabbath. And uh, I've been trying to learn that. And we uh, earlier this year, the word had come to us as a life team that with God as your source, your harvest is closed. And I'm starting to see that. You know, things that did not materialize are starting to happen quickly now during the course of this year. So, so I can see it happening and I encourage you all, don't give up. God, hold on to God's promises. Those things are really happening. It's going to manifest quickly. And, and I like that what you shared today, you know. You already know that the Mavericks have won. Now let's believe that. <laughs> uh, but having known that, it's just like your Christian walk. It's already done. So... Enjoy the ride. Yeah. Uh, that's a good example to remember that. That's such an awesome example. Know that it's already happened. So, so when it is down, don't worry. You're already going to get it. So enjoy the ride. Okay, let's get back to the message, the power of his name. The name revealed. Now very, very early on uh, in man's life on this earth, what, what man calls is important not just to man but also to God. Very early on in man's existence on this earth, what man calls is important not just to man but also to God. How do we know that? You know what is the first assignment that man had on the earth? The first assignment. Naming the animals. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. Verses 19, Genesis chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Okay, let me correct myself. What is the first thing that he landed after he was created? We studied that one section before. So God created man on which day? So what did he do on the seventh day? Rested. So God's provision is totally different unlike what we do. He starts off man by giving him a vacation. <laughs> it's, it's a lesson in how we live our Christian life. We start off by resting. 
we rest into the, you enter into his works you rest that's how you start if you start your life in works you'll stay working throughout your life but you enter into rest you'll stay rested throughout your life ah, there's there's a beautiful passage I, as when I was preparing today it came out I don't know whether I should digress but let me do it because it will help you when uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and said we need to go out into the wilderness and create a feast for the Lord um, Pharaoh said what do you mean you need to go out into the wilderness? You all are such a big tribe and there are so many people and there's so much work to do. So he came up with a plan. Pharaoh said, give them more work so that they will disregard the words of their Lord. Look at that. Give them more work. So they, instead of making hay, they used to provide hay by making bricks. So Pharaoh told his people, said, do not give them hay. Let them find their own hay. Why? Because they'll be so busy finding hay that they will disregard the words of their God who wants them to go out into the wilderness and rest. So the enemy will always do that. He's doing that then, he does it right now. He'll always want you to be busy in labor so that he doesn't want you to enter into rest. He doesn't want you. I'm telling you, if you can get, I mean, the more you study on the Sabbath rest, the more you understand the depth of it. He doesn't want you to rest. And we think that is a good thing Actually, that's the enemy's plan. He doesn't want you to rest into the works of God. He wants you to rest, keep working in your own labor. Excellent. Now, it brings to the point. Now, the man's first assignment was what? Verse, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 19. Out of the ground, God brought every beast of the field and every bird of the air and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. The first assignment was, what are you going to call these animals and beasts that I've made? What are you going to call them? Why is God so interested in what man is going to call them? I mean, if God has created all these things, why can't we also give them names? Have you thought about it? He's already created them. He created the sun, moon, everything. But why is he interested in what will the man call it? Okay, let's read further. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle of the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But, to, but to, for Adam there was not found any helper comparable to him. And then God created Eve and still does not name Eve. And brings it to Adam and says, what are you going to call her? And Adam calls her woman, means from a man. That's it, simple. <laughs> no great logic, he said, from a man. Look, came from me to call him a woman. Again, God is very interested in what you call things. So he's very interested in names. Why? Why is he so interested in names? Why, why does it matter to him what Adam calls it? Probably to describe what the character of the person is. God knows it, right? I want you to get this. This is powerful because it has implication in your own spiritual life. Why is it important God to know what Adam is going to call a beast or an animal or including a creation called woman? See, God does not introduce the woman to Adam as saying that this is for you. No, no, no. He said, hey, you didn't find a wife among all the animals? 
Let me get you this one that I specially created. What do you think of her? I got, and she's, wow, this is, like, Pastor Gaze, I like, I want that thing by sundown. <laughs> I don't know what is that, but I want that thing by sundown. <laughs> that is so true. I knew it instantly that that is for me, you know. The giraffe is not for me, the, the lion is not for me, but that thing is for me. But why is God so interested? What does it bring to the whole picture? Why is God so interested in what man will come? Hi, welcome. Jyotsna? Oh, what's your wife, husband? My, my husband, Prasad. Prasad, Prasad, welcome to our life church. Sorry to church. Church, church, church. Come, come here, you have a lot of space. Okay, so is the question tough? Why is it important that man has to name certain things? Why can't God name it? Why is God interested in man to name it? Just thought. Any ideas? Probably let me set up the response of the name. Correct, correct, to some extent. Because what you call that being or that creation is going to be to you that being. For example, if you found a being to be frightful or dangerous to the man that being would be dangerous if if a flower was beautiful he would call it a beautiful flower to man that flower would be beautiful to her whatever you call things in your life to you that things will be what you call it so to a creation to one of the creation he called woman so to the man it became a woman to him you got see the point so you be so the lesson being is you be careful what you call your people in your life, your wife, your children in your life, because what you call is what they are going to be to you. <laughs> if you call your children dumb, guess what? Dumb they be to you. So, so that's why the Bible talks about, in fact, we studied in the Sabbath passage. He said, on the day of your Sabbath, how do you enter into the rest that God has promised? He said, Call your days delightful. You see the thing? Do not call that your days are hard. Do not say that your life is tough. Do not say I'm hopeless. Do not say I cannot even remember this. Do not say stuff like that. What you call in your life, that it will be in your life to you. And God says, I'm very concerned on what you call things. So what Adam went and called the most beautiful things, the most beautiful things. So to him, they remain beautiful to him. But when you, and you see throughout the Bible, when a, when a woman used to have a baby, they would give names to the baby depending on the situation in which they were in, correct? Can you give me an example? So what is the name and how, what, what is the name? The glorious departure, okay? Let's look at the first children. The first children. Uh, the first, which was the first child that was born to a man? Cain. Cain means? Acquired. The, the word Cain means acquired. So Eve said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Therefore, I'll call him Cain. So they called names what, what it reflected in their life. Correct? 
So the same thing, whatever you call your children, your people, your household, your family, your circumstances, remember what you call has implication. Remember there was a child that was called Noah and the parents called the, that son Noah. Why? The main meaning of Noah means this son will comfort the labor of our heart, our hands. Wow. And did Noah do that? He did. He, he rescued a whole generation from a labor, curse-filled earth, and saved a generation because of Noah. Because a child was given a name Noah a long time back, but she, that child lived up to a destiny of what he was called. That he would be comforting, he would be, he'll comfort the work of man, a cursed work of man. So whatever you call, so what, what, it, what it shows is what you call and what you name is important. Because in it is a divine characteristic of how God operates. God always calls things ahead of what it's supposed to be. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe I shared this example of how we went about uh, calling our first son Joshua. Uh, and some of them know this. And it's amazing how uh, once before Joshua was born, we didn't know whether it was a boy or a girl. Uh, God had all, God told Milo, that you're going to have a son, right? And you're going to name his name Joshua. And God, and Milo said, I can't name him Joshua because Anil does not like, uh, what is that? <laughs> 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 okay, what is that? No. Um, very brief. Yeah, very brief. So I was, uh, I like the name long ago itself. So I said, I like the name, but the only thing, my sister's son is also Joshua. Two people in the same family. So he said, that is Joshua Alexander, this is Joshua. And each one is unique and different in my sight. So I said, okay, I'm ready. Go and talk to Anil. Uh, you know, Correct. Too. And then, you want to tell that us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, uh, go and tell Anil because, you know, I think there was also no, an understanding. No, because initially we used to fight over names even before we didn't have children. He didn't like the names. I mean, like the I like, like, names. I like, like Indian names. I like Indian names, names. like Arun and Prakash and Jyoti. And, <laughs> and he would tell me that you're born in Switzerland and you know, you want all those English names. So that was the bad thing. Hey, all names are good, but you know, I just had a preference towards, you know, let's have... Yeah. Indian names. I like Indian names, you know, let's, let's reflect the culture in which we live. But Christian, you know. Jyoti is a good name, you know, it's light, you know, I like Prakash and it's so light and this kind of stuff. So, so but this, all she said was, you go and tell Anil about it. So one day I was just praying, and she didn't even bring this up, because we didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl, we didn't know whether we even have a child. Uh, so one day God, God, God told me, you're going to have a son named. He didn't say that, he said, Anil, you're going to have a Joshua. Wow, that cleared a couple of things. Number one, it's a son, right? <laughs> and, and number two, it is Joshua. And I was like, Lord, there is a couple of, lot of Joshua's around. In our church, there was a Joshua when we were in Musket. And he said, God said, hey, but that's what you're going to have. You're going to have a Joshua. So I went to Milu a couple of, I think a week later or something. And she, I didn't even know that God had spoken to her. And I, I told Milu, you know what? God told me something. I didn't even tell what is it regarding. So Milu said, what? I said, why don't you go and find out what God told me? <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but uh, so she's she's like, okay. So she and, and this will blow your mind. She said, is it about naming your son Joshua? I was like, how did you know that? She said, because God told me too. <laughs> Can you believe it? Of all the things that God has to speak to her, and God just spoke to her that it was 
I'm, I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I was just jokingly asking, why didn't you ask God what God told me? It was not, I didn't say about the name of the son. But what it proves is, God knows and plans people's destiny in their names long before they are conceived. He has. He has. And God has conceived you and I, and He has named you before you were even born in the minds of your parents. <laughs> even before they had a plan, God had already conceived you because He has named you. That I know because the son is Joshua. God sent him with an assignment. And that's a, it's so beautiful to know. So God, there's power in that name. Why is name so important? God, for God's name matters. Name matters. Remember this. For God's name matters. Now, throughout generations now, man wanted to know the name of God. Now here was a challenge. Throughout generations, man has always been seeking. So Lord, like uh, Arun's dad was asking, who is the true God? Tell me who is the God. There are so many gods, but Tell me the name of the God that you really are. Tell me the name. Tell me the name. You know what? That name was not revealed immediately. It is revealed now. But it was not revealed immediately for generations. Let me show you. Let me show you. That revelation of that name was given very progressively. Now, you will say why. Why was that name Jesus given not given before. Why was it not revealed to man as a savior that is going to come? Yeshua. But show me where in the scripture is Yeshua the savior is going to come on the earth in the Old Testament. Not there. Why? It's hidden. It's hidden but it is revealed gradually. It's hidden. Why is it hidden? Because in the fullness of time it will be revealed because it is hidden and once we studied this it is hidden from you, but for you. It's hidden from you, but for you. If it is not hidden, his life could have been snuffed out even before he had arrived on the earth. But in the fullness of time, it was really, I will show you, I mean, I'll show you. you will learn some stuff about how the enemy operates and how God is smarter than the enemy. You know, the enemy wanted, enemy knew that there is a Messiah coming. When did he know that? Genesis chapter 3. And he knew right away that what God had told him. He said, this woman's seed is going to crush your head. So he's been waiting for that seed ever since. All he wanted to know was what? Tell me the name. So while man was waiting for the name, someone else was waiting for the name too. So God was not liberty to give that name at this point. He, in fullness of time, when it is ready, the name will appear. And you will see, you'll see some amazing revelation you have never seen before about the revelation of the name of Jesus. Powerful. Okay. Okay. So people have been asking the name of Jesus. You know somebody who asked the name of, sorry, the name of God. Can you give me an example of earliest one who asked the name of God? Moses. The earlier than Moses. Jacob. Jacob. Jacob, when the angel of God appeared to uh, Jacob and was wrestling with him, the only reason that Jacob was wrestling with that angel was, you cannot leave me, you have to bless me and tell me your name. And what did the angel say? Exodus chapter 32 verses 29 to 30. He asked the angel, tell me your name, tell me your name, your God, tell me your name. And the angel said, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him. 
did not give him the name 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 let me repeat he did not give him the name but he blessed him he wanted the blessing but he said i will not i cannot give you the revealed name i cannot give you the revealed name now this is this is incredible why would he not give him the name just know me as the god huh? what's the verse uh genesis chapter 32 verses 29 to 30 okay another example of somebody asking god's name for that perfect you know your bible <laughs> samson's dad before samson was born manoah in judges chapter 13 verses 17 to 18 manoah asked the angel again the angel appeared to manoah and says you're going to have a son and you're going to raise him up as a nazarite nazarite is different from a nazarene Nazarite means he will have a vow that he will not drink and he will keep his hair long. He will not drink wine and he will keep his hair long. You're, you're, you're going to have a son, but you have to follow all these rules. So you're going to be a Nazarite. You'll be separated out. You'll be a savior to the nation for this generation to save them from the Philistines. Said, and Manoah said, what is your name? So that when these things that you have promised will come to pass, that we can honor you. What's your name? And what does the angel reply? Now this is powerful. You need to go go there. Judges chapter thirteen verses eighteen. Somebody can read that. Judges chapter thirteen verses eighteen. He replied, "Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding." Yeah. Any other version? And the angel of the Lord said to him, "Why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful." Yes. And you know, I've read that verse before, and it never made sense. I'm like. What kind of answer is that? Why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? Obviously, because it is wonderful, I want to know your name, right? That doesn't make sense unless you heard that version. What does that version say? The words, the word there for wonderful, is really secret and unattainable. King James, King James. What does King James say? The angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? It's a secret. Now the same word there for secret or wonderful that the Hebrew word is used in a passage of Psalms. Say Psalms one thirty nine verse six. What does it say? Psalms one thirty nine verse six. Psalms one thirty nine verse six. Psalms is talking about a revelation of a name that is I cannot attain it. It is too lofty for me. I cannot attain it. He's talking about the name of God. He's saying the name of God is so secret and so powerful and so remarkable and so wonderful. Man cannot attain that name. He's not even allowed. See, we in Western theology cannot understand the concept of. mantras right or hidden knowledge it's there in eastern culture but what he says is where did they get that from because in the old covenant there was revelation of god that was not available to man but it was true it was, that revelation was there that was so wonderful that man in his own righteousness and his own uh level let's put it or status cannot attain it Cannot attain it. You see, that name cannot be given. No, the angel is saying, 
why are you asking? You, you know that it's a secret. You see that point? That name is a secret. It's a name is a secret. I cannot give you that name. Did Manoa, did the angel give Manoa that name? No. But he got his son. But the name was not given. Name was not given. Okay, let's go back. Now here comes Moses on the scene, right? And, Mo and for the first time, God gives a progression of his revelation. Does God give Moses a name? He doesn't give a name completely. He's, still he's not going to give everything, but he gives a revelation. What is a revelation? And I want you to go to Exodus chapter 6. Now this is powerful. If you have read it before, Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 to 3. I'm trying to build a case. I'm trying to really build a case of what, how privileged you and I are. I'm telling you. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. Yes. He says, and this is, the word in the English translation is kind of a little, little, it kind of uh, understates it to a little level, if you may. And God spoke to Moses and says, I am the Lord. I am who I am. I am Yah. Uh, the Hebrew word is Y-H-Y-H. I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. That's the word there. I see to to your to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I was only known as El Shaddai. But to you, from now on, I will be known as Yahweh. I have never been known as Yahweh to your forefathers. I have always been known as El Shaddai. You got the point? So what does it show? That God reveals his name in progression. It was not even full. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob only knew God as God El Shaddai. What does El Shaddai mean? God Almighty or All-Sufficient One. All-Sufficient One. That means he can meet all your needs. And Abraham, Isaac and Jacob at their point of life all they needed was a God who is All-Sufficient. Were they in bondage? No. But they, they had needs, correct? And to a God, for them, God was an all-sufficient one. Will provide all their needs. So what happened? Abraham was blessed. One of the richest men during his time. Isaac was blessed. More prosperous even in a time of famine. Jacob can't keep that guy down. The guy was blessed, right? I mean, they were scheming to get rid of his flock. But his flocks kept multiplying. They were scheming that he will not have child. But he was having child, so there were competition between his wives, so he had more children than anybody. I mean, he was fruitful in his cattle, in his children, everywhere. In fact, there was so much, so much wealth that he had to tell Labadran, there's too much of us, we need to go. You know? I mean, so God was El Shaddai to them. But now God says, I'm going to be Yahweh, the Lord that I am. Why? Because I'm not going to give up. And the way he introduces I am that I am in this passage, keep reading. I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, but by my name Yahweh, I am not known to them. I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land of the pilgrimage in which you are strangers. Now listen to this. 
Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am that I am. I am Yahweh. I will bring you out from the burdens of Egyptians. I will rescue you from your bondage. I will redeem you. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know what? You will know my name. I am Yahweh, your God who brings you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And I will give it to your heritage. I am Yahweh. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel. But they did not heed Moses because of the anguish of, the, of spirit and cruel bondage. So what he, God is introducing him at least four times in this passage saying, Tell them, I am that I am. I am Yahweh. And by this name, I will get you out. See, the name was important for their deliverance. Really, there was nothing more that they believed on that was crucial and important for their victory. God had not given them anything more apart, apart from the name. Now think of it. Did they get new weapons? New battle strategy? New, new king? New leadership? Nothing. God did not give them anything. But God, when it was time for them to be free, God said, let me show you my name. What does that say? That name of God is enough to set you free. And God was teaching it right from the beginning. It is not your additional arms. It is not more provision. It is my name. Tell them who I am. So Lord, but... Moses, so Moses goes and tells the, uh, to the Israelites, he says, you know, God said, I am that I am, and therefore you're going to be free from the Egyptians. And they say, you know, we listened to you first time, and we, we got double duty right now, you know, and we are still doing double duty. Can you come back with some more, some better strategy rather than just another name? And God disregarded their complaints and said, now you go to Pharaoh and say, I am that I am. Wow! <laughs> And Moses will be like, my own people don't listen to you. What, what do you think Pharaoh will listen to you? I am that I am is powerful. The name of God is powerful. I'm telling you, the name of God is powerful. But even that name was not complete in his revelation. Let me tell you, that name that I am that I am, Yahweh, set a nation of more than a million people, 600,000 men, not counting women, Free from a nation of the most prosperous superpower in that world, that name set that people free. And yet, God says, I'm not satisfied by just giving that revelation of a name. I want to give you more. I want to give you more. Are you guys ready for more? Now Moses comes on the scene, right? Now Moses has already got Egypt, Egypt, Israelites out of Egypt. And uh, Exodus chapter 33. Look at how a human being thinks. Look at how we think, you know. It's reflected in the way Moses asked this question. Exodus chapter 33, verses 18. Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. And he said, please show me your glory. <laughs> this is so good. This is how I would think, you know. Now God has brought me out of Egypt. He showed all these ten. And you need to go back and see the ten plagues. Those ten plagues are super, super I mean, you can make Hollywood movies and, and still not run out of the excitement. I mean, there is stuff in each of those plagues that played out during that time, so dramatic. And after seeing all that and they come back to the burning bush and everything, now Moses still hungers and says, 
Lord, show me your glory. Just show me who you are, right? Just show it to me. Show me your glory. Would you say that? I would say that. You know, I want to I see this great God face to face. Show me your glory, Lord. Just show it to me. What is God's response? And he said, I will make all my goodness first Okay, verse 34, uh, verse 30, uh, Exodus chapter 33, verses 18, right? Okay, and what is God's response? Verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of God before you. <laughs> God is kind of, you want glory? Let me do something. I'll give you my name. You see the thing? No, man wants glory. God says, no. Let me give you something more. I give you my name. And Moses is like, what's so great about the name? Precisely because we don't understand that in his name is his glory. God values his name more than his glory. Can you see that? That is why angels would show up but the name would not be uttered. Angels would show up, but the name could not be uttered. Why? Because the name was more powerful than the physical presence of God. That name was more powerful. I'm telling you, you need to get this revelation. That name is more powerful. And God says, I will show up. And so God doesn't understand man's thought of glory, right? So God, man is saying, show me glory. God says, he wants to know my name. <laughs> But man is saying, no, no, I just want some sound and light effects. <laughs> and God was thinking, what is that of use to you? You can live with my name. You cannot live with sound and light effects. Because how many sound and light effects have you seen? How many times have you gone to Orlando and seen sound and light effects? You go from one show, five minutes later, you've totally forgotten what happened. You want to see a new cake, right? <laughs> you want to, you, you know. That's why they make money, because the people want to still see, oh, I forgotten how it was last time. Sound and light, if there is not glory, his word and his name is glory. And guess what? And did God do exactly what he promised? He did. Uh, Exodus chapter 34 verse 5. Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of God. God shows up on the mountain, stands next to Moses and says, let me tell you my name. And then he starts on his name. And look at the next verse. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord. That means Yahweh, Yahweh. Capital L-O-R-D is Yahweh. Y-H-Y-H. I am that I am. Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. God merciful. God. The word G-O-D is Elohim. Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim. That's what God, God shows up on the mountain and proclaims Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim. You can live by that Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim all the days of your life. You don't need anything more. Because in that Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim is everything that you need for life. I'm telling you. Brothers and sisters, it's everything that you need for life. Everything that you need for life. And he says, the Lord God Almighty. We don't understand English language. I mean, we need to go back to Hebrew. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim. 
merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Wow! The first thing that he wants to talk about is how good he is and how merciful he is. It's not about how great and how judgmental I was. No! Exactly how God would think versus how we think, right? If, if, we, if I was God and I want to show up, the first thing I want to show was my power. You know, that I can kill you. Just watch out. <laughs> God doesn't think like that. He says, I am for you. I love you. I am merciful for you. My goodness is everlasting. That's how he thinks. Hmm. Uh, King Clement recently, uh, I saw his den meeting. Uh, den meeting. He has live den meetings on the net. He's a prophet. He, come, he also comes to Covenant Church. He is based out of California. On the day of Bin Laden's death, uh, he was having his, uh, his quiet time. And he was, he was very happy because Bin Laden is dead, right? He was very happy. So he told God, God, aren't you? It's a great day. All the prophecies that you prophesied, and he himself had prophesied that Bin Laden would be captured and the timing and the stuff like that, the place. You go back and read his prophecies about three, four years back. It's very accurate. He would be caught in a city, not in a cave. Everything worked out. And he's, so he, as a prophet, he's a, also a little happy, you know, because, you know, prophecy, you know, <laughs> through me, you know, it's come to pass, you know. So he's also happy, he's encouraged. And he was sharing, he said, I sense that God was sad. And I asked him, I know this is King, well, he said, why are you sad, Lord? He said, he was also my child, and I gave him many chances. You see, God looks always as my child. I'm merciful. I'm long-suffering. I don't think. In fact, I was thinking, oh, it's chill on my hand, you know, when it comes. And he says, the prophecy about Jesus, he says, a bruised reed he will not break. A, a, a fading wick he will not stuff out. Jesus' ministry was, I will not even break a broken reed. Since I will give him a chance. Or even a wick is that is, you know, going off. I will still not suck it out. I will not give up on my childhood. I will not. Can you think about it? We don't have patience, right? You better get it right the second time or boy, you had it. And we are not even gentle to our own brothers and sisters in the church. I mean, if they make a mistake one bit, he better know he's a believer, you know. How can he do that? How can he talk like that to me? Doesn't he know that it's not in the Bible? Hello? I mean, just look at the perspective of God. That's intricate part of his name. His name. It's all boils down from his name. Nothing. His character is in his name. His name. So when you ask for God's glory, God says, I'll give you my name. But the problem you and I don't value his name is because we do not understand how powerful and secret and wonderful it is. You don't understand. It's like a toy that has been given to you. You don't understand that. It is powerful. It's powerful. Okay, I want you to go to Psalms 20 verse 1. And we know a lot of verses of the name of God. May the name of Jacob help you. Psalms 20 verse 7. You all know this verse. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord. We are not going to trust in anything. But we are going to trust in the name of God. Okay, Psalms 116 verse 13. It says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will call upon the name of God. What do you mean? God is so gracious to you. And God has blessed you. And your response is, what should I do more? I'll just call upon his name more. God says, just call upon my name. 
Psalms 118 verses 10, 11 and 12. And three times it says, In the name of the Lord, I will destroy my enemies. In the name of the Lord, I will destroy my enemies. In the name of the Lord, I will destroy my enemies. Three times, the name of the Lord is powerful to overcome your enemies. Proverbs 18 verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And finally, Joel chapter 2 verse 32 says, It shall come to pass that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be. And that's the prophecy for the last day. Anybody who calls upon the name. Now we need to know that name. It was not revealed in the Old Testament. It was not revealed. How do I call upon a name that has not been revealed? That name can save you completely from eternity. And get you from hell, deliver you from your sins and get you into heaven. I just want that name. And let's come back to Jesus. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. I want you to go there and we'll learn so much out of it. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. And the 17 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. Okay, and uh, if you can keep reading. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give unto you, give unto you power, unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in, uh, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Okay, keep reading. Till verse 24. And then our Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, in the Spirit, and said, Thank you, Father, for the Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, but hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is, but the Father, and who the Father is, but the Son, and he whom the Son will reveal him. And he turned, and he turned, unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Okay. Now this is a powerful passage because it tells you a secret. You know, the Jesus sent the 70 out to preach and they came back with great joy saying one thing. What was that? They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons. So what, is, what are they saying? They say, the sick are being healed in your name. Other stuff is getting happened in your name. But guess what? Even the demons are subject to us in your name. So what? What the disciples are like, they are like so glad. Because they are saying the demons obey us. All you have to do is say your name. And that has never happened. They, they've never seen that. You know, we, we saw you healing. But we never saw that in, in your name, even the demons are afraid. They are subject to us. And then Jesus goes on and says what really is happening. He said, I saw Satan fall from lightning and I have given authority. Nothing will hurt you. But he says, do not rejoice in all this. Rejoice that your names are written in, in life. And then, verse 21, a secret. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent 
and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good to us. So what did God hide from the wise and prudent but revealed it to the disciples? What did he hide? The you, the revelation of the name of Jesus. Can you think he says, Lord, I mean, all of heaven would be, tell them the name. Tell them the name. But God said, no. But the, the, then one day Moses came on the scene. Lord, he is righteous. He is worthy. Tell them, tell him the name. God said, no. Then uh, King David came on the scene. And the angels might be going, he is your son. He walks in kingly authority. He is after your own heart. Tell him the name. He says, no. Then Solomon says, comes. He says, he is the wisest of them all. Tell him the name. So God says, no, not to him. Then God says, Isaiah comes, the greatest prophet that ever lived. And says, tell him the name. I will give him revelation, but not the name. John the Baptist comes. John the Baptist comes. The greatest righteous man that ever lived. Tell him the name. And he says, I will give it, but not right now, at the right time. Guess what? The name was not revealed. And Jesus is saying, Thank you, Jesus. Here comes disciples, fishermen, ordinary folk, and you. What you hid from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Solomon, Isaiah, Elijah, everybody. You give it to these fishermen folk, these foolish people, they don't. They can't even read. And you give them the name that was hidden. You give them the name. And God and God says, I don't know about it, but I, I'm glad you did it. You know, look at the way he says it. You have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to the babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in your sight. I don't understand it, Lord, Father, but it seemed good in your sight. It's good enough for me. And he's so happy. Because it is, it is his name, correct? But even he was not at liberty to proclaim it if it is not the will of God. You see the thing? He came with a name that was not revealed for generations, but it was only given by the will of God. Let me repeat. The name was given only by the will of God. I'll tell you what. Okay, keep reading. Verse 22. Let me prove the point. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal it. He says, No one knows who the Son is, except who? The Father. No one knows who Jesus is. And you would say, I know, but He's on the earth. But that doesn't mean that people know that He is Jesus. In fact, John the Baptist himself didn't know who Jesus was. Did he know that? He came to identify him. Yes. On the day of Correct. Not many people know what uncle is telling. That is the first chapter. Of John. He says, right. I, the reason I came baptizing is because I want you to know who Jesus, the Messiah is. Because the Holy Spirit had told me the day I baptize a person and when the Holy Spirit descends on him, that's the man. Even John the Baptist, his own cousin didn't know that Jesus is the revealed Messiah. Can you believe it? Go back and read John chapter 1. He doesn't want it to be proclaimed also. He didn't want it to be. So what happened is 
on the day Jesus. So Jesus. So when John John looked at Jesus, all that John was telling Jesus was, "Why do you want to be baptized? Because you are so much more righteous than me." He's not telling that I I don't want to baptize you because you are the Messiah. You see the point? All he's saying is, "You lived a more righteous life than me. Why do you need to repent of your sins?" Because I need to be baptized for you. He's not saying I need to be baptized you because you are the Messiah. No. After he baptizes, the voice comes from heaven and says, "This is my beloved son." Wow! Angels and demons shudder. Why? For the first time in history, what has been revealed? The name has been revealed. It's been given. You know, this is so good. The name Yeshua was a common name in Israel. It was so much like God, hidden in common sight. Right? Hidden in common sight. It, it was hidden. There were so much Joshuas who have come through the history of Israel. So many Joshuas, so many Yeshuas, but hidden until when heaven proclaimed, "This is Yeshua Masiha." And suddenly, revelation hit, and things began to happen. For the first time, demons knew who the Son of Man was. Only after that, the demons started to know who. The, you know what? After happened then, after the baptism of Jesus, what happened? He was taken into wilderness. Why? Till then, even Satan didn't know who Jesus was. I mean, if John the Baptist didn't know who Jesus was, Satan would definitely not know who Jesus was. But when the revelation came from heaven that Jesus was the Son of God, this is my beloved Son. What? It's time. It's like the movies. It's time. <laughs> It's time. The battle has started. Satan immediately takes him and starts making him doubt what? Sonship. Because he knows this is the Son of God. But if only I can make him doubt his sonship, I can. I can beat him. I can beat him. I can beat him immediately. All demons starting to know his name. Guess what? Let's go to uh, Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four, verses thirty-three to thirty-five. He goes to Capernaum after his baptism. He goes to preach in the synagogue. Guess what? For the first time, never happened before in his ministry. Demons start crying out, saying what? Wow! Look at the revelation in that. Now, where do you think this demon, an unclean spirit, suddenly gets more revelation than Peter on his day of his revelation? I mean, this guy has got his doctrines right, right? He's saying, "Away with me! What have I got to do with you? Theologically perfect. I have nothing to do with you." Number two, you are Jesus of Nazareth. Name has been revealed. Where did he get that information? Never happened before. Jesus was thirty-two years. There were demons all around. Not once did they proclaim that you are Jesus of Nazareth, coming to destroy us. Why? Revelation was not there, hidden in plain sight until the fullness of time. Amen. And then he says, "You are Je the Holy One of His Holy One of God." Means you are the Messiah. Messiah is hidden, still hidden. And and. 
And what happens? He says, are you going to destroy us before the time? And what, what did Jesus do? His response was what? What is his response? Because he didn't want that revelation to go out. In fact, many times the disciples would, he would take his disciples privately and say, do not tell the others that I am the Messiah. Why? If they are not known. So, and he wanted to know in the fullness of time. But more than that, his name should be known by revelation, not by knowledge. God wanted his name as Yeshua Messiah to be known by revelation knowledge, not by popularity knowledge. That's why the prophecy says, his voice shall not cry out in the streets. It's a prophecy about Jesus. He says, he will not proclaim in the street saying, I am the Messiah. Only once it happened. You know when? When he entered Jerusalem on a court, on the day of his visitation to Jerusalem, he says, blessed is the one who came in the name of the Lord. That was the time he received for the first time when, when the Pharisees walked out to him and said, tell the people to stop crying. What did Jesus say? Not this day. Because this day is the proclamation of a visitation for the entire world to see. Because if Jerusalem needs to know that I am the Messiah. Wow, it's powerful. The point being is, his name was hidden. And it's only available by revelation. Can you imagine if Peter Lansar stood up on the day of his revelation and uh, Jesus asked him, who do you think I am? Jesus says, uh, Peter says, I am, you are Christ, the son of God. And Jesus says, who told you? That demon in Capernaum. God, God doesn't want, Jesus doesn't want to hear that. Your revelation does not come from demons. It doesn't come from anybody else. But the Bible says, as Jesus says, it comes from God himself. Why? He's very possessive of that revelation of that name. I'm telling you, brothers and children, uh, sisters and children, that name is sacred to God. He reveals it only by direct revelation from God the Father. I'm telling you. That is why the world has the name of Jesus right, left and center, correct? They use the word G as a short form for Jesus, right? All across the world. They curse his name. They speak down his name. But it is not a revealed name to him. Therefore, it is of no, no use to them, correct? But to unto us, to whom it has been revealed, as Yeshua Messiah, that name suddenly is nuclear power. The name with revelation is nuclear power in your hands. I'm telling you, the revealed name of name, the revealed, now you can write it down. The revealed name of Jesus is the signet ring for all authority in this life. Let me repeat. The revealed name of Jesus is a signet ring with all authority in this life. In this life, if you want authority, you need to have the revealed name of Jesus in your life. It will happen. And Jesus says, he rejoiced. He says, Father, you revealed it to them. Because they can see it happening. Demons are subject to him. Not in the subject to the name of Yeshua. Subject to the name of Yeshua Messiah. The revealed name of Jesus. And with that name, you can do great things. Jesus, Yeshua was a common name in Israel, but when mixed with faith, it was nuclear in its effect. I want you, to, if you want, you can write it down. Yeshua was a common name in Israel, but when mixed with faith, it was nuclear in its effect. And today, as believers, it's same. Yeshua, Messiah, with faith, is more than enough for you. More than enough. In fact, the name by itself is not devoid of power. 
Now you will say, but a lot of people take his name and do things. But the Bible says, just the name of Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, is not devoid of its power. Do you know that? Jesus himself said, in Matthew chapter 7, in the last days many will come and say, I prophesied in, in your name. I what else? Cast out demons in my, in your name. And number three. I want you to go there. It's powerful. What it shows is, ah, it gives you a revelation of something which is powerful. You go back, uh, go back to Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-one to twenty-three. And that's a tough verse because a lot of people, a lot of us believers skip over that verse because it's very uncomfortable for us, right? Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 to 23 not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of God but he who does the will of my father in heaven for many will say in that day Lord Lord have you not prophesied have you not cast out demons and have you done, not done many wonders why are you telling me that you do not know me what is Jesus reply I never knew you. So what is what what it implies is it implies is there are people who use the name of Jesus to prophesy and they are not doing it wrong. They heal and they are not doing it wrong. They do many wonders and they are not doing it wrong. But they themselves do not have faith in the Son of God. But because the name by itself is powerful and they take that name to prophesy. God says that prophesy happened not because of what you did, but because of my name. Because you just confessed. I prophesied in whose name? My name. You healed in my name. You did wonders in my name. So, doing ministry is no excuse for not doing the will of God in your life. You got the point? Doing ministry is no excuse. The ministry happens because of the name of Jesus. That is why you see a lot of people who commit adultery and still hundreds and thousands get saved in their crusades and their ministry and you always wonder, Lord, if he is an adulterer, how is people getting saved? You know, people are not getting saved because of him. People are getting healed and saved because of the name of Yeshua. It will set you free. I'm telling you it set you free because it is the name that is, so the name is powerful. It is but can you imagine when taken with faith, how much more powerful it will be? How much more powerful when taken with faith, the same Jesus? How much more powerful? What more can you do with that name? When that name, devoid with of faith, also does miracles. Let me give you another example. That the name of Jesus, devoid of faith, still does miracles. Devoid of uh, act, righteousness, still does miracles. Do you, do you know the sons of Skeva in the book of Acts? They used to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Until they came to one particular demon who said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I definitely know. But who are you, by the way? <laughs> and all, and actually, interesting that the passage says that all the 12 of them were there in that house. It looks like this was not one powerful demon that they needed a, a corporate ministry to get them out. All, all the 12. No, the seven sons of seven. Seven sons. All the seven were there in the house because they were all 
driven out naked and uh, beaten. Why? Because you can overcome certain demons even without faith because by the very name of Jesus, correct? The name itself has power. How much more that name with faith? How much more that name with faith in your life? Okay. Peter, Peter and his revelation. Matthew chapter 16 verses 16 to 20. Matthew chapter 16. And we just talked about it before. Matthew chapter 16 verses 16 to 20. Remember where Jesus talks about, Simon Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now look at this. That revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God has come only by my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this revelation or in this rock I will build my church and the gates of hate shall not prevail against it. And then verse 19. I will give you the keys of heaven, of kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosened in heaven. What are the keys? What is the keys of heaven and earth? What is the keys? The name of Yeshua. In that name, you can loose and bind. And later on, I, 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 we can take, we can do a study on what is this binding and loosening means. And if you go back and I, uh, tell you, it is not about binding and loosening demons. No, a lot of people use that thing in that word. It's binding and loosening people's sins against them. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. You can bind, in fact, Peter had that authority. That's why he went to Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias said, How, Why did you sin against the Holy Spirit? The, you are going to die right now. And then his, his wife came. He said, Why did you sin with your husband? The people who took your husband are going to take you. Why? Because he was binding their sins to them and not letting them lose. Because Peter had that authority. You and I have authority. But in fact, Peter says, if somebody does not uh, get away from sin near church, one and once, one and twice, one and before the people, and finally hand him over to the devil, so that at least his soul will be saved. Why? Because you have an authority to bind people's sins against them, so that at least their eternity is secure, but at least they will be saved. That is their soul itself. That's theology. But you go back and study. It's binding and loosening people's sins, and it is powerful. And says, God says that you have that authority in the name of Yeshua. And you don't take it lightly. You don't take it lightly. Therefore, Jesus says, lose. That's why Jesus was so particular that you do not hold people's sins against them. He says, you do not. Because you're, you have authority as believers to hold people's sin. Do not. It's not worth it. It's not worth their eternity to hold their sins against them. Lose them. That's why giving them that authority, Jesus went one fourth and says, 70 times 7, forgive. You see? You see the path? Do not bind. So what I will do is I bind people to God. You see? So you can lose nations to God. You see, because you have authority right now. You say, Lord, I loosen my unbelieving parents to, uh, from sin and bind them to God. Now you, what Jesus said, what you lose on earth will be lose in heaven. What is lose in heaven? Your sins. Your sins. Sins. Demons are not in heaven. Demons are here. But sins are always ever present. 
Anil Joseph talked about in one of his sessions. He says, My sins are ever present before your face, O Lord. Isn't it? My sins. But if you can loosen their sins from God, that what does the name Yeshua mean? Yeshua means the name Yeshua was chosen by God because He will save them from their sins. Whose sins? Their own sins. So every time you end a prayer in, in the name of Yeshua, I pray, you should actually say, in the name of God who says that He is salvation, I pray. So many times our prayers will change. You know? In the name of Yehovah, who is my salvation, I pray. In the name of Yehovah, my salvation, I pray. That is Yeshua. Yehovah is my salvation. That was chosen for a very particular reason. The name of Jesus. Okay, the point being is verse 20. Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. And he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Wow! Now this is after Peter got the revelation that he is the son of God. And Jesus immediately tells him, tells him privately. He says, do not tell everybody what this revealed name is. Do not tell everybody that I am Yeshua, the son of God. And we'll close with this last final passage. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. This is a this is a powerful passage where Jesus is talking to his father, and it's a it's a beautiful private moment where Jesus is talking to Father God, and gives you an interesting insight on what God, Jesus, and his relationship with Father God. If you never have read this, I want you to go back and read it. It's so touching, it, and it's so revealing. I, I think that's the word. It's so revealing. Look at the word. He says, he's talking to his father, right? This is Jesus, the son of God, talking to father God. His private, private time, private time. When Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, and the son may also glorify you. And then verse 4, I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work that you have given me. Now glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world was. Verse 6, what does he say? I have manifested your name to men. You see, look again, the whole purpose that Jesus came was to manifest the name Yeshua to men. I have manifested your name to men whom you have given me out of the world. They are yours. You kept, you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Okay, verse 8. I have given them the words which you have given me. So I want, to, I want to paraphrase. Verse 6 says, I have manifested your name. Verse 8, I have given them your words. Word, verse 12. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. I kept them in your name. And verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name. Thy name. Is it a coincidence that Jesus sees what he, his ministry centered around the use of the name? He says, I've come here to manifest your name. 
I have given them your words. I've, in fact, I kept them in this world. Not one of them was lost, correct? Except Judas. And he says, the only reason they were not lost was I kept them in your name. In what name? The name Yeshua. I kept them in that name. I did not let them go. Because that name was powerful. And he says in verse 26, I have declared your name to them again. You see that inside, between Godhead, what is the most important key to ministry? It's the name. Exactly. And we totally miss it, right? We look at everything else but the name. And Jesus said, all my ministry is centered around declaring your name. Because in, my, in your name is victory. In the name is revelation. In the name is everything that you need for life. In fact, the name will set you free. And he says, I've declared. Will God answer Jesus' prayer? Yes, he already has. Jesus prays to God in his prayer. And God has answered it. His name and power in his name has been unleashed in this world. Acts chapter 3 verses 6 to 16. And there's one particular verse, verse 16, that says, Acts chapter 3 verse 16. His name and faith in his name has given perfect soundness of health. Remember the lame man in the temple? And Peter, Peter and uh, Peter and who is this? Peter and John went up to this lame man and he said, and the man begged for some arms and he said, silver and gold I have none but what? What I have, I give unto thee. What do I have? Wow. <laughs> what do I have? Silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I will give it to you. What do I have? The name of Jesus. Is the name of Jesus more valuable than silver and gold? You bet it is. This guy is set free and he's healed. In fact, the people are so astonished in the temple because this guy was a captive beggar out there, right? I mean, he's been dedicated, I think he had his own post out there. Nobody else could take that. It was called like Lake Beautiful. I think everybody knew the lame guy at the Lake Beautiful or something like that. Wasn't it the Lake Beautiful? Yeah. The Gate Beautiful? Yeah. So, and, and the people, and they say, how did you do it? And I wanted to go back and look at what uh, Acts chapter, Acts chapter four, uh, uh, 3 says. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Okay. Okay, verse 12. Very powerful word. I mean, I, I mean, there's so many passages that I want to go over. We don't have time, but I want you to go to this. Acts chapter 3, verse 12. And Peter saw it because the people were greatly amazed at this miracle. And Peter saw it and he responded to the people and said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why are you so surprised? What's such a big deal out of this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power and godliness we made this man walk? If I make a man walk, I need to have at least two minutes of glory, right? <laughs> That's how human beings think. But, and, but Peter got it. He says, why are you looking at me? It has nothing to do with my godliness. It's not because I'm an apostle. It's not because I'm among the chosen few. Nothing. It's not because of my power of godliness we made this man walk. But what did? Verse 16. And you can use it in every sickness. Anytime you're sick, you can use Acts chapter 3, verse 16. I mean, you should just memorize it. What is it? Acts chapter 3, verse 16. His name. Through faith in his name. 
that made this man strong. Yes, the faith that comes through him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of us all. So what are the two things that are important? His name and faith in his name. Really the same thing. His name. His name is enough for perfect soundness. I mean, here's a guy who is paralyzed for his name. But his name can set him free. His name is enough. There's no power, no godliness, how good I am, how righteous I am. I just, I just, I just prove you from Matthews, right? There are people who will not enter the kingdom of God, but yet will do ministry in the name of Jesus. If they can do ministry in the name of Jesus, you and I can definitely do ministry in the name of Jesus, who have faith in Jesus. Correct? Can you? If they can do, you can definitely do. So that was his encouraging. Right? I can do, Lord, because it has nothing to do with my godliness. Godliness. How righteous you are. Nothing. Nothing to do with my power. Because there were more people godly in history than you and I. Abraham was a man that knew God face to face. But God did not consider him ready to receive the revealed name of Jesus. In fact, the only one who came close to the name of Jesus was who? Isaiah. You know where? Isaiah 7.14 Wow! Isaiah 7.14 comes comes real close real close Isaiah 7.14 Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign Behold a virgin shall conceive Behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and, sh and shall call his name Emmanuel <laughs> So Isaiah gets the prophecy what? A, a virgin will have a son and you will call his name and everyone is waiting from heaven, right? God is reading the name, right? Emmanuel. <laughs> means God with us. It is true. It is Yeshua. God with us. But not the revealed name by which man can be saved. For that, God had to wait. You see, Isaiah came so close to getting the name of the Son of God. As Emmanuel. So, is Emmanuel the name of Jesus? Yes, but not the revealed name by which man can be saved. The Bible says there is no other name that has been given under, uh, among, under heaven amongst men by which man can be saved. No other name. In fact, there are two verses. We are not going to go there. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 says, He gave him a name above all names. Yeshua's name is about every name, every discouragement, every struggle that you have. Uh, let me give you a very practical issue. If you, are, if you are going through a sickness, find the name of that sickness. It's good. Why? Because if it has a name, then Yeshua's name is greater than that name. So if you are having a struggle in your life, get a name. You know why Jesus used to ask demons their names? <laughs> I mean, if you going to cast the guy out, why bother to ask their name, right? So you would go ask for the demons and say, what's your name? And the demon is like, you know, I am Legion. 
get out. <laughs> Why? Because anything that is named, I can have authority over that because my name is greater than that name. Jesus lived by the same principles that you and I are supposed to live by. We studied in that passage, right, where Jesus is talking to Father God. He says, I kept them in this earth by what? By the revealed name of Jesus. So Jesus must be going, I mean, I picture this. He is raising the dead in the name of Jesus. Rise up. Why? Because that is the revealed name that has been given amongst men. But when he was on earth, who he was? Well, who was he? A son of man. So as a son of man, he used the revealed name of Jesus. The revealed name of God. The, what is the revealed name of God? Yeshua. So even Jesus cast out demons in his name. He, and therefore he said, in my name, go and do it. In fact, let's go back to this. He says, the day will come that you will not have to ask me to ask the Father. He said, he said up till now, you have not asked me anything in my name. Now ask. You know what, how the disciples used to work with Jesus. Anything, anytime they had a need, they would go to uh, Jesus and says, ask the Father for us. And Jesus would go to the Father and ask the Father. Because Jesus is asking in his name, because Jesus is asking, right? He's asking. So the prayers are going up to Father God in whose name? In his own name, correct? He's not using anybody else's name. So it's going in his name, Jesus is answering the prayers. At, towards the end, Jesus is saying, I'm going away, but guess what? It's good for you. It's good for you. Why? Because you can go to the Father and ask anything in my name, and he will give it. Anything. I mean, these are blanket statements. Why do you think it's not happening in our life right now? Huh? Why are we not using these blank checks? Because it has nothing to do with godliness. Correct? It has nothing to do with power. Correct? Why are you not using it? Because it is in plain sight hidden from you. Think of it. You have to use it in faith. Believe the revealed word in your word in your life. And, and you say, Anand, it is not that easy. Yeah, because you just said it. It is not easy because you just confess it. What you call, and I close with that, what you call in your life, it will be to you in your life. So call your days delightful. Call your wife beautiful. <laughs> and call your children obedient. I, 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 it rhymes well. <laughs> call your days good and blessed. And start calling those days. And use the name of Jesus. Yeshua's name in your life. Use Yeshua's name. Use Yeshua's name. I'm telling you, you can do greater things. So what's stopping greater things in the world? And we studied the, the whole year started off with you can do greater things. You can do greater things through the revealed name of Yeshua. I'm telling you. I, and I was so encouraged. One day, Robin was sharing. He said there were some struggles. There were some orders that we were waiting for. And he just used the name. He said, in the name of Jesus, I, I bind those things and I wanted to come forth. And he started coming, those orders. Why? Because you have authority. Anything that has a name in your life, Yeshua's name is greater. So your Yeshua's name has to prevail. It is God's promise. Yeshua's name is greater. God has given him a higher name. And his name, his power in his name needs to be unleashed by you and I. You know what? The name of Yeshua is going to change. Did you know that? Yeshua's name is going to change. 
How did you, did you know that Jesus' name is going to change? It is. Yeshua's name is given for this life and this world. In the new Jerusalem, in the new kingdom, Jesus is going to have a new name. And he's going to write a new name on your forehead. Did you know that? In fact, it's a name that no man knows, the Bible says in Revelation. So use the name. You're not going to get to use the name of Yeshua after you're dead and gone. You're not. Because Jesus is going to come with a new name. Because now he no longer needs to be your savior in eternity. What is he going to save you for? Remember, the name is given for a purpose. Because the name is not for God's sake, it is for whose sake? For your sake. How is it relevant to God that he is a savior to him? No, but it is relevant to me. How is God as El Shaddai relevant to God as, a, as, as God? No, it is El Shaddai to me. How is God, Yahweh, Rafa relevant to God? It's not. It is relevant for me that I'm sick. But he's not going to be known towards eternity as Yahweh Rafa because there would be no sickness. So you're going to get a new name of Yeshua. So in the real name of Yeshua, use authority in this world. Use it. Use it. I want you to go to Revelation chapter uh, 3 verse 12. Somebody can read that. And uh, Revelation chapter 19 verse 12. Somebody can read that. And Revelation chapter 22 verse 4. That overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. My oh, what? Say that again. I will write upon him my new name. My new name. Jesus is going to have a new name. You are no longer going to call him Yeshua. But you're like, Lord, the years I wasted not using the name of Yeshua. No, I mean, that. Can you imagine you had a Mavericks ticket and you didn't go for the playoffs? <laughs> when you had things in your life, when you had stuff in your life that you did not use it, you have the revealed name of Yeshua in your life. Use it. In eternity, there are no demons to take authority over. In this life, you have. But Jesus is going to write a new name. The next verse, somebody? 1912. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. Wow! When Jesus is coming back, he has a name that no one knew himself. And then in the next verse, it says what the name was. It says, the name is the word of God. The, the, uh, the Greek word there is Logos of Elohim. Logos. He has a new name. Now that name is eternal. Because it says the word of God. Word of God is going to remain forever. Correct? Yeshua the Savior is not, not going to be forever. But Yeshua the word is going to be forever. Because it is enough for me for, for eternity. It comes with a new name. Revelation chapter 22 verse 4. This is finally, when the new heaven and the new earth, his name will be on our foreheads. A new name. A name that we will know when we get that. What does it say? It says that 
Let's use the name of Yeshua. You see, it's given for this life. Use it. Use it in faith. And have faith that those things will happen what you use it for. Don't be like the people after you pray and wait whether it's going to happen or not. That's not faith. When you pray, believe it's happening. You, whether you see it or not, you don't care. It's done because it's nothing to do with you. Brothers and sisters, it's nothing to do with you. It is Yeshua's name that is causing the miracle. Nothing to do with you. So be free. Be free. Don't take the tension of ministry. Say in Jesus' name. The Bible says freely you have received, freely give. Give the name of Jesus. Freely. Use the name of Jesus. Freely. But in faith. Use it freely. Don't wait. Don't take the labor. Don't wait till it is 102 degrees centigrade fever. Use the name of Jesus before that to rebuke it. You know a problem coming up in your workplace? Look at it ahead. Call it by name and rebuke it. You have issues in, with your relationships? Call it ahead and call it in Jesus' name. It has a name, it has to bow. It has a name, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. And it is available. Let me tell you how privileged you and I to have the revealed name of Yeshua. The, the, the people in the Old Covenant eager so much to get that revealed name of Jesus. Because they knew if they had the name of Jesus, they can, they can do stuff. And they did stuff, but they could have done so much more. Jacob fought for it. Manoah fought for it. Moses longed for it. Isaiah searched for it. David sang about it. Solomon sought it out. But they never got that name. But you and I have the name of Yeshua. Because it is given and it is available, it is hidden in plain sight. It's hidden. It's a common name. But Yeshua Messiah is a revealed name. And if you have faith, it is a, it is a nuclear effect in your Amen? Amen. So let us pray. Let us pray what Acts chapter 4 verses 29 to uh, verse 30. Acts chapter 4. And we'll go there and we'll, we'll pray it aloud. Acts chapter 4. Yeshua, Master. 
Stretch out your hands to heal. Stretch out your hands to do signs and wonders in our generation, O oh Master, through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, O oh Master. Father, I pray for every brother and every sister sitting here, O oh Master. Every brother and every sister. Lord, reveal to us the revealed name of Jesus Christ, O oh Master. Let faith rise up in us, O oh Master, to use the name of Jesus. Oh use the name of Jesus. Father, let us hear testimonies of the things that this name has brought in, in our life, O oh Master. Lord, let us be able to see miracles and signs and wonders happen, O oh Master, because, because of the revealed name of Jesus. For these are the last days, O oh Master, and you prophesied, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved, O oh Master. Shall be saved, O oh Master. Shall be saved, O oh Master, we pray for... Uh, unbelievers in our life, O oh Lord. Oh, Master, every everyone has unbelievers in our life. Oh, Lord, we just bring you before the throne of grace. Oh, Lord, as we speak, Yeshua's name to them. Father, I pray that you will do signs and wonders in their life. Oh, Lord, and their faith will rise up and you will reveal yourself to them, O oh Lord. Oh, Master, just as you revealed yourself to Arun Sarah, oh and to Venka, and to others, O oh Lord. Oh Lord, I pray that you will reveal yourself, O oh Lord, to the lives of unbelievers in our life, O oh Lord, because of the name of Yeshua that we boldly proclaim and not ashamed of. For you said, who is ashamed of my name, I'll be ashamed of him before my father and the angels. Oh Master, give us boldness, O oh Lord, like Jesus the disciples said. Because it's not because of our godliness and because of our power, but because of great grace from you. Father, we pray for Aaron, O oh Lord, that under this ministry to our Father, we bring him before your throne of grace. Lord, reveal your name to him, O oh Jesus. Yeshua, reveal your name. Lord, we loosen his sins against him, O oh Master. Sins of bondage, O oh Jesus. We loosen it, O oh Master. Of things that he's binding himself, O oh Lord. Lord, forgive his sins that he's done, O oh Master, against him. Lord, release him, O Lord. Release him, even this evening time, even as we pray. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to look at your life and if there's a challenge, anything tough, anything impossible, anything simple, anything complicated, it doesn't have a name. Does it have a name? We we'll bring it down before the name of Yeshua. Oh Father, we come before your throne of grace right now, O Lord. Lord, name things that our brothers and sisters in this room are naming now. Naming now. It's a, if it's a name of a man or a woman that you're praying for, name him right now. Name him. Name him. If it's a sickness, name that sickness. Anything that has a name, Lord, we take authority over that names that they are bringing before you in petition. We take authority over it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, let relief come from the throne of God, O oh Master. Let relief come from the throne of God, O oh Lord, because we ask it in faith, O oh Lord. We ask it in faith, O oh Jesus. Lord, let us be able to hear great victories and great reports of the good things that you're doing in our life, O oh Master. Good things that you're doing in our life, O oh Lord. Good things that you're doing in our life, O oh Master. Oh, Lord, we 
I don't know whether it's relevant for somebody here or for somebody outside who's going to listen to this message later. The Lord says that you're worried about a baby that is going to be born in your womb, that is going to be stillborn. But I tell you right now that you take authority over the spirit of death that has come upon that seed and speak to it and say, Be born, and I will answer from heaven because you say it in the name of my son Yeshua, says the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. The Lord says that there is maybe somebody here in this room who is addicted to taking some tablets without which they don't find relief. The Lord says, does that tablet have a name? If that tablet has a name, take authority over that name and bring it under the name of my son, Yeshua, because I will set you free, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. There's somebody else who's worried about the relationship with their wife and their husband and says, uh, my marriage bond is weak and it is straining and it's about to break. But the Lord says, take courage. Bring it under authority under my name of my son, Yeshua. And I will unite you back again and give you new love for each other. And you will enjoy the rest of the days more greater. And you will cherish the wife of your youth more greater than you have ever done, says the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for people who are bringing me for houses, oh Master, in this life team, oh Jesus, or putting houses on sale, or waiting on new houses. Lord, I take authority over it in the name of Jesus and bring it down to the name of Yeshua, Messiah, the Son of God. Lord, I pray that there will be a release, oh Lord, of houses that need to be released to these couples, oh Master. Give it right now in Yeshua's name. Give it right now in Jesus' name. Give it right now in Jesus' name and let their existing properties be sold and increase, O oh Master. And at a profitable Lord, at a profitable Master. Oh Master, we thank you, O Lord. And we pray for investments in this life team, O oh Lord. Let me have a hundredfold increase like no more the world has never seen, O oh Lord. Because there is life in Goshen, O oh Master. There is life in Goshen, O oh Lord. Because you rule over our lives, O oh Master. And we are called by your name, O oh Lord. And your name is on our foreheads, O oh Lord. And we thank you, Lord, because it is done for us. We praise you and we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, keep us in our travels, in our goings and our comings, O Master. Bless us, O Lord. Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.